This episode is sponsored by Macmillan Audio. This week, you can get a sneak peek of a propulsive new thriller, One Wrong Word by Hank Philippi Ryan, read by Gail Shallon. Arden tried to decipher Warren's expression, his growing discomposure. One polished loafer tapped against the steely pile of her office carpeting. Okay. Arden took a plastic bottle of water from her bottom desk drawer, twisted off the top. The TV flickered above them. The lower third crawl repeated the lack of news. No verdict yet in Bannister case. Start listening to One Wrong Word by Hank Philippi Ryan now, wherever audiobooks are sold. Hello and welcome to A Bookish Home. I'm your host, librarian and writer, Laura Zaro kopinski And today, award-winning author Rebecca Hanover is here to discuss The Last Applicant, an emotional thrill ride about two women whose lives take a dangerous turn in the high-stakes arena of private school admissions. Booklist calls The Last Applicant episodic and fast-moving with plenty of twists and one very big turn that will delight mystery readers. And I will say it is a completely addictive read that I... <laughs> just could not put down, kept staying up way too late (laughs) reading, and it surprised me at every turn. Um, A bit more about Rebecca. She is the New York Times bestselling author of the young adult series, The Similars. After graduating from Stanford with a bachelor's in English and drama, she joined the writing team of the CBS daytime drama Guiding Light, where she earned an Emmy. She now writes novels full-time from her home in San Francisco. Rebecca, thanks for coming on A Bookish Home. I was just riveted by The Last Applicant, and I've been really looking forward to chatting with you about it. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, and I'm so thrilled to be here. I, you know, from the very first time I sort of read the hook of the book about these two women and sort of the high-stakes private school admissions world, I knew I wanted to pick it up. And so um, I would love if you could tell listeners a little more about the book, and I'm curious if the book sort of started with that hook for you or if it took a while to kind of find your way to this story. So I guess, how did um, this book come to be? And if you can tell listeners a little bit more about it. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great questions to kick us off. Um, Yes. So um, the, the, uh, the idea for the book came to me in a kind of a flash um, at a Starbucks I was having tea with a friend um, and she was asking me questions about the preschool admissions process, which <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because there's, it's obviously that's, a, that's sort of a hilarious um, combination of words. Like, <laughs> do we, you know, do we really have to write essays to get our kids into preschool? But um, I, so I live in San Francisco. Um, yes, you do have to do that. It's, <laughs> it's kind of wild. Um, I think we are things here are not as um, high stakes and competitive as in New York City. Um, But still, there's a little bit of it. And, you know, I'm a a writer with an overactive imagination. So as we were chatting, I I apologize to the friend. I mean, now I apologize now to that friend, Liz, because my mind wandered (laughs) during our (laughs) our chat. Um, And I just, in a flash, had this thought of, what if an admissions director was stalked because there was a parent so desperate to get their kid into kindergarten, like an admissions director, like a K through eight school, um, or sorry, K through 12 school. Um, And that was, that was the flash, like sort of the little light lightning strikes like moment. Um, And so then I didn't know, I didn't know yet if it was 
really a book or, you know, enough of an idea or something that I would really pursue, but I kind of kept marinating on it. Um, And ultimately um, I, I started to kind of think about, well, who would that, who would that admissions director be and who would this parent be? And pretty quickly became clear that it would be a mom. Um, And, you know, because I'm a mom, I have three, I have three kids. I have a 12 year old and nine year old and a four year old. And um, suddenly this mom character in some, I mean, she's not me at all, but you know, there's some piece of her that was me and I put myself in, in her shoes, but I tried to figure out, you know, what would make her desperate enough to do this? Um, and I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> I know since you've read the book, you know, um, it, it, it could get very spoily. So I won't, I won't spoil it, but, um, which I is will- also, I have to say, I did not suspect any spoiler <laughs> the entire time. <laughs> like every there, there, this is not, um, this is not like what you think it will be. And in the best way, none of these characters wind up being what you think they're going to be. They don't do what you think they're going to do. Their reasons aren't what you think their reasons are. Yeah. So I will definitely not try to not spoil it for anyone. No worries. That is, that's yeah. I'm like sitting here thinking, yes, that is the highest compliment you could pay me, which is that hopefully in the end it felt like, oh, it, I, you know, I, I tried that the sort of idea was to have these two women's perspectives and it does go back and forth. Uh, it alternates between the two women's POV, the admissions director and the the, the mom, um, the applicant mom. Um, and I hope that in finishing the book, you know, you could I hope it's one of those things where you could look back and say, oh, now I see, you know, if I reread it, it would all it would you know, it was all there but that you, you know, hopefully for the most part, couldn't, couldn't quite guess, couldn't quite guess it in the moment. Um, But, you know, that's kind of the trick, right? With a twist is to make it so that it all makes sense and doesn't feel out of left field, but also that it surprises you. Um, Well, and when you had that sort of flash, were you already thinking about writing something for an adult audience? Were you, you know, still pondering, writing a YA book? How did kind of that work? And, and what was it like to make that shift? Yeah, that's a great, great question. I kind of skip, skipped over that um, because my previous uh, books are, I have a YA duology called The Similars, uh, which is very squarely YA and for young readers. I just dropped the books off at a friend's house whose 10-year-old daughter um, expressed some interest in it and I think I told her maybe, maybe wait a year till you're 11, but like, it's very much, you know, um, like, you know, those are books for kids or teens. Um, and this definitely is not, <laughs> so it is a big departure <laughs> in terms of the content. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I had been reading, uh, you know, I was a YA, I, no, I still am a YA author, but I was, you know, squarely a YA author at that time when I had the idea, but I had been reading tons of these psychological thrillers and just like devouring them. Um, and I love like Ruth Ware is like an auto buy author for me. Like I, I love her so much. I love her books because they, her protagonists are so relatable. Like I feel like any Ruth Ware book I pick up, I'm going to feel like I can kind of find myself in the protagonist. Um, I love those, you know, I'd read the silent patient and I mean, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds. Um, so I think it was that my head was in that space a little having, mm. you know, being a reader 
first and foremost of these adult thrillers. And I think I was maybe sort of looking to do something a little different. And in that moment, just, um, I don't know, sometimes you're creatively mixing things up can be good for you or like a respite from, you know, so I think, you know, YA, I was so, um, so in the mix in YA and maybe feeling like um, it was overwhelming or something. I don't know. I mean, a lot of (laughs) weird stuff going on in my head. And yeah, so when I had this idea, um, I did have to think like, oh, do I do, do I want to write an adult? book and do I have the skills to and this is a departure is this like career wise do I want to do this so I did have a lot of those questions but ultimately the idea just wouldn't leave me alone and oh, that's when I you started, know <laughs> and then I, I just started writing it I, I ultimately it was like well these characters seem like they want me to write the book so I'm gonna Well, and it's interesting too because you do have some teens that are kind of central to the story so there's still that piece um yeah. And, you know, I'm wondering too, do your TV writing days influence mm-hmm. your process? Or I guess, did they influence the process for this book? Yes. Um, yes. I think my TV experience influences completely the way I write in terms of the process for sure. So I, um, you know, when you come from that world, like, you know, I come from this, the soap opera world or, you know, the daytime TV world, but it, it's not, it's not too different from, I mean, I would have said prime time. Now it's a, you know, it's not that different from streaming or, you know, any of these other um, it's, you know, the, the, the product looks different in certain ways because of, I mean, with soaps, we had to put out five hours of content per week. And if you wow. think about it, like in streaming, you might put out like 10 hours and that's the whole, that's the whole thing. You know, like right. that's the whole, I mean, we don't really have, well, no, I guess we do still have seasons, but like that would be a whole season of like, you know, beef or some, you know, or whatever it is that you're watching now. So, or white Lotus. Um, so there's a lot of constraints with soaps, but ultimately the process is very similar in terms of the storytelling, um, in TV and film. And so, yes, I come from that world and I don't think I'll ever, um, I think it's influenced me like permanently, I guess I would say. I don't think I'll ever get, get totally away from it. And the main thing I would say is that I'm a huge plotter. Um, I do not try to pa- be a pantser. I don't know <laughs> how people do. I think it's amazing. I, th- I think it's like incredible and impressive. But for me, like I need the structure. I need the um, skeleton of what I'm working on. Um, Are you more drawn to something like a save the cat type structure yeah, yeah. from the TV world? Yes. A hundred percent. Yep. I'll, Interesting. I'll yes. Yes. Save the cat. I have a dog eared. I should say, should I say cat eared? No, I'm kidding. I have a dog eared <laughs> save the cat, like paperback with all these stickies stuck in it from over the years. Um, and I am, and it's not, it's actually not save the cat writes a novel. I know there's a version of it. Save the cat writes a novel, but I have just the original screenplay version and it doesn't matter. Like I haven't written a screenplay in years, but for me, it's all the same. It's the same mm-hmm. arc. Um, it's the same, you know, the inciting incident and the bad guys close in and all those things to me translate no matter what, you know, what it is, whether it's a book or and with, with modifications, of course, but right. like that, that, um, yes, save the cat. Is like I'll just add to if anyone hasn't read that one. I've I've only read the Save the Cat Writes the Novel one, but 
it was even just so interesting to read in terms of like layering that structure over. I mean, they talk about so many familiar movies and things um, like, oh, yeah, that that's the bad guys close in moment. And that's the dark night of the soul. And you just realize, oh, how, you know, that there's so many that, that we're so familiar with that arc. And for many writers, you probably don't even realize that you might be doing that instinctively, but I just found that to be a very helpful resource. So I'll definitely link to that in the show notes too. Yes, do. Yeah. I, I always, any, anyone asks me, I mean, I don't even feel like I necessarily have that, that much advice to give, but if people do ask, I say, save the cat, like in any of its forms. It's so, and that, and that's the thing. Like I often find it's like a gut check for me because instinctively I do now put in those, you know, I structure things that way because it feels right, you know, but then it feels right for the characters, it feels right for the story, but then I'll do the gut check of like, is, does this follow? And then I'll say, oh yeah, it does. It just works. It just, it just works. Yeah. You know, with that said, like I write very genre type books and, you know, it's, it's probably, it might not be right for, you know, an extremely literary novel. And, you know, that's again, like totally fine. I'm, for me and what I'm trying to do, it works really well. Well, I'm wondering too, because I really enjoyed the backdrop of the admissions world. And, you know, I live in a small town in Massachusetts. So this, the high stakes world, I mean, my kids just, you know, can go to the town public yeah. preschool and it's not a thing. So it was just fun to be a fly on the wall to yeah kind of see this whole world. And I'm wondering, did you do any like fun research for that or talk to families or hang out in an admissions office for a few days? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, So <clears throat> the book, more than any, more, you know, more than my YA books. I mean, those were, those books are so special to me because I like for a decade or two, just you know, my, I have such a deep seated love for like YA and, you know, I was in my twenties when like Divergent and Hunger Games and all those books came out. So I, for me that those books are so special in a certain way, but this, this, this book, The Last Applicant has so much, I mean, not in the specifics of the plot and you, I know, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not going <laughs> to, <Yes. put>, not <laughs> so specific. that is not me. I, I, my life is dull and like regimented, <laughs> you know, um, I'm in my sweats and I'm, you know, a boring writer and mom, but, um, but in like the emotion of it and in some of the sort of what I tried to make social commentary around parenting and like, you know, that stuff came like from a deep place in me that clearly in the last 12 years, since I had my first kid, I've been kind of really ruminating on a lot of these, you know, this idea of parenting being a verb, like now we all parent our kids and we make all these choices about, are we going to, you know, there's attachment parenting, there's helicopter parenting. There's even like, I mean, this one's kind of a joke, but like the snowplow parenting where you like push the obstacles out of your kid's way, right? Like mm. there's an Atlantic article. I'm, I'm just, I'm doing a bad job quoting it, but um, there's a great Atlantic article about this, but um, and, and I'm sure many, many more articles out there, but um, this book felt um, personal in that way. Um, and so uh, I would say 90% of it came out of just my own personal experience and then kind of like, um, uh, taking it to a, a higher level for 
for the drama, you know, as, as one does when you're, you know, you make it more high stakes than it is in real life. Um, and I have been through, you know, some of these admissions processes here in San Francisco. And again, it's, it's not, it's not the way it is. I don't think in New York, but, um, yes, I spoke to people. I did not, I, it would have been cool to get invited to a, one of these, like a, like the Dalton admissions office, but I, I, I'm sure I, they probably wouldn't let you. I know. We don't want you to write about our. That's the thing. Know. I don't yeah. think it would have been met necessarily with, you know, I don't think I would have met with open arms. I mean, I just don't think they want anyone really in on that. And right. I get, it. you know what I mean? So, so no, on the and the, but one thing I will say is that it kind of felt good that I know. And I think most people know it's really made up you know, it's a fake school. It's, you know, based on things that are real ish, but I was, it's not trying to be, you know, incredibly um, true to life in that. I mean, it's not, it's not necessarily accurate, but it's creating a, a world and a vibe. So um, for all those reasons, you know, some of it's just straight out of my head, but um, I did speak anonymously to, I mean, I, I, the, the, the moms in New York city that I spoke to like really wanted to be anonymous. Like they, they did not want to be, she was like, don't thank me in the book. Do not put me in the email. I don't, I don't want to be associated with the things I've said. I'm going to tell you all this stuff, but I don't want um, it to get around. I, I get it's it. Definitely an interesting world um, brought to life. It's fun to be a fly on the wall for it. Um, it was fun to write because you could kind of be outrageous with some parts of it. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think it's giving anything away too to say that grief and loss are kind of a backdrop mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the book as well. And I know you're saying that sort of the the parenting side of things was something you had been really drawn to. Did you know kind of at the start that you wanted to explore mm-hmm. grief in the book as well? No, I didn't. Um, that came to me as I started to develop the characters. Um, so what I usually do is, um, you know, I have kind of this, um, I mean, they talk about it in Save the Cat, they call it beach combing, where you're kind of looking for your concept, you know, what's your premise, what's your, and that's not, that's not your plot or your story. That's not, usually that's not enough to be a plot or a story, but it's like, you know, um, Hunger Games, it's like, oh, there's a world where kids have to fight each other and kill each other in an arena. Like that's kind of a concept, right? It wasn't until you figure out who Katniss is and that she volunteers for her sister, right? That you really get, get a a story that starts to form. So usually what I do is kind of come up with the concept and then try to figure out who the characters are. And if I can figure out characters who can like support the concept, if that makes sense, then, Mm -hmm. then I can keep going with it. And that is when the grief, part and loss part came in thinking about who these women truly were in their core. Um, I kind of had another like little light bulb around that. And again, without saying too much and spoiling that part of it made me feel like I was giving the story some legs that I didn't, because I don't, I, I, this, again, I, I don't think this ruins the book to say, you know, for you to say, um, it easily could have been a book uh, like sort of surfacey, like mm-hmm. mom and she's stalking him and here's all the crazy stuff she's going to do. And that, I mean, that's a great fun book, but I just wanted to go, I mean, that book, if that existed could be great, but for me, it just wasn't deep enough. I needed kind of more to the story, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, uh, no, it was, it was, um, made it very interesting as a reader for it to be a little bit more complex and kind of keep us guessing more. Um, as you're talking about kind of trying to explore the characters, is there a character that you had a really hard time kind of pinning down or like getting mm -hmm. even maybe one of the minor characters, just kind of like getting them, um, getting it right. Where, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I would say of the, of the two women. So Audrey, Audrey Singer is the admissions director. She was harder for me than Sarah, who is the, the, the mom of the applicant kid. Um, Sarah just, I, she just came together for me in a way that was like, that's who she is. Like I totally, now I, I, it was like, now I know, I know who she is. Audrey was harder because she's sort of walking this interesting line of she fits in, but not, not totally. She's of this world, but also not. Um, she has insecurities, but she's very confident on the outside. And she was just trickier um, yeah. in a way. Like she, she was just trickier and she's less like me. Um, Cause I'm this open book. I'm more like Sarah. Like I'm this just very like probably too much of an open book. And like, if I'm having emotions, I tell everybody, you know, um, Audrey's got her act together. She's like the, um, what do they say about the duck? Like paddling its feet under the water. Mm. Well, yeah. And I, she is that like, she's an insider there, but she's an outsider. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that would yeah. be yeah. difficult to, to get right. It's harder. I mean, it, 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 I, I, hopefully I got it, but it was harder. And then, um, Chippy is super fun. I was fun. just going <laughs> to say, Chippy is such a fun character. She's fun, but she was tough too because she's so she's like totally of the world you should say you know she's like this she could be on real housewives i feel like would be a exactly. way to explain her exactly. but you know but then i wanted her to be i wanted her to have depth that like made her more than just this cardboard cutout you know um and yet i wanted to capture so she was she was hard too but hard but fun like very fun to <laughs> i would love to like I don't, I don't know that this will ever happen, but you know, it would be fun to write more of her because she, she's fun. Um, yeah, she is a fun and also surprising character. I did like yeah. her a lot. Well, one of the things I wanted to ask, you know, you've mentioned, I guess, sort of like generally for writers, kind of the resource save the cat. I'm curious for, I guess, just someone who is trying their hand at, you know, the suspense thriller genre is there anything in particular besides that that you would share has been something you've really like maybe you didn't know at the outset of this process but now you're like oh like that's you know I have to do it that way all the time or like something that kind of you figured out during the process that you would share yeah um I think that well first I would say besides, um, I mean, for me, it's Save the Cat. You know, there's a lot of these these books about structure out there. But um, I would say the other resource that is, it's becoming, I mean, this is, and this is going to sound funny when I say it, but like the other resource for me is reading so many of these amazing books that are out there. And like, I mean, I, I have to admit, I this feels like I'm airing my, dirty laundry or something, but like, I will take apart um, some of these other 
amazingly well-written books and dissect them. Um, and I now like realize like, I mean, it's like, it's like my own little class course that I'm giving myself yeah. and I'll still, do, I still do it. Like I'll, especially if I read one that just gets it so right, I'll, I'll really try to look back at how the author put it together. Um, so I don't know if that sounds weird, but I, I've always- no, that's good advice. The the former English major in me is like, oh yeah, that would be like just pick it apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know? no, I mean, at one point when I was starting this book, because it was new for me, you know, it was a new it was a new endeavor to write adult and to um I had a spreadsheet. I mean, I've I really uh, I'm really admitting all my all my stuff here, but like I had a spreadsheet with a bunch of thrillers of these psychological thrillers, and I had all the the big plot points mapped out in a spread like in this one you know the midpoint is x and in this one the and looking at them all like that like analyzing them uh was just it was really informative because they do all follow this but then and then i would look more i mean that's just like looking at these big structural you know goal goal posts but then you have to look because for me the hardest part of a book are the the big exciting twisty moments are the easy moments right but it's how do you how are you building your character and your voice and your and and leading up in like the moments of a book where she's just opening the mail you know mm-hmm. but like you need mm-hmm. that moment has to be part of the book because it's for so many reasons but it's not the big flashy part um so how do you put all those little moments together to to get you where you need to go so um i would say that was one part of it. And then to also to answer your question, the other thing that I learned from this process is I have a tendency to worry that I don't have enough surprises in a book. And I think I now know about myself that I do. <laughs> and, <laughs> lots I and, lots. <laughs> and I don't have to go, go overboard with that. So I actually pulled back, like the original draft had some other things thrown in and they- Oh, interesting. I thought they were necessary. And then some- beta type readers and my editor were all like, no, these, you do, you don't need these, Rebecca. Like we promise you don't need these. Um, and they were totally right. They were all hundred percent right. So it's interesting because I'm working on another thriller now. That's um, just another standalone adult thriller. And I, I've been really mindful to not that I'm going the other way with it, but I'm, I'm like, I'm like, okay, like this big twist is enough. Don't, it's enough. It's enough. You don't have to, um, you don't want to go too far the other direction. So I'm kind of learning, learning to like kind of temper myself. Yeah. Yeah, That's interesting. Cause I guess you could probably fall on either end of that spectrum of needing more, needing less. Yeah. Kind of like there's a happy medium there somewhere, I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, I guess lastly, I would just love to hear if there are any books, any books you've read lately, you'd want to recommend either ones that you've been kind of dissecting or ones you've just been reading for fun. Yes. Okay. So the, the total, and I'm, I have my Kindle in front of me. So I'm looking, I'm literally looking at my latest um, ones because I'm always reading so many things at once and going back to my favorite books. And I don't know if I, if other people do this, but I'm just constantly flipping around and rereading or starting something new. Um, so anyway, the total confession is that I'm reading Iron Flame. I just read, <laughs> I just read Fourth Wing over the, over the break. Um, and it's totally, I'm really not a fantasy person, but it, it has brought me back to my like Hunger Games 
days. Um, but I also want to call out um, Delicate Condition. Have you read that? Um, no, an, I haven't. It's an amazing, um, it's, it veers into horror a little bit, but it really is a psychological thriller. Um, and it is like a, up, uh, like updated new take on Rosemary's Baby. Um, and it's very dark and twisty and fantastic. I really recommend it. It's like, it's, it's about a pregnancy gone awry, basically in a creepy, twisty way. Um, and it's very fun. And I'm waiting for Sally Hepworth's new book, but I don't think that's out yet, but she's another one of my kind of auto buy thriller, thriller authors. Oh yeah. I love all hers as well. And, um, I have to confess, I still have not read fourth wing and I think I'm (laughs) like you, I was like in my twenties and loving the hunger games and everything when those came out and like really have not gone back to that, those kind of reads much since. So, um, but I bet I would really enjoy it. So I should go back and (laughs) every book offers that's the beauty of books, right? Like we have ones that are just our comfort reads. We have ones that like really push us to think we, you know, there's, there's room for every type of book. I'm like, so um, believe that. Um, And fourth wing is just really fun and delightfully. um, I mean, it's like dragons and sex and like, it's just great. It's great. Like I can't, um, you'll, you'll just save it for some time when you just need something to like curl up with and have, have like a fun ride. You know, it's really, it's really fun that way. So definitely. Well, I I will say the same. So I hope that um, listeners go out and pick up The Last Applicant. It would be perfect when you are just really in the mood to kind of binge read and be um, totally absorbed in a story and be surprised at different turns and um, highly, highly recommend it. So I hope listeners go pick it up. And Rebecca, thank you so much for being here. It's been such a treat to get to chat with you about it. Absolutely. Thank you so much. This was um this was just so, so much fun. Links to all of the books mentioned on this week's episode, you can visit a bookishhome.com. If you are enjoying the show, I hope you take a minute to subscribe and also rate and review it wherever you get your podcast. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would encourage you to share it on social media to help other people find the show and this episode. Thanks for listening, everyone, and happy reading. <laughs>